The Holy Gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ according to Mark. When Jesus had crossed again in the boat to the other side, a great crowd gathered around him and he was by the sea. Then one of the leaders of the synagogue named Jairus came and when he saw him, fell at his feet and begged him repeatedly, my little daughter is at the point of death. Come and lay your hands on her so that she may be made well and live. So we went with him. And a large crowd followed him and pressed in on him. Now there was a woman who had been suffering from hemorrhages for 12 years. She had endured much under many physicians and had spent all that she had had, and she was no better, but rather grew worse. She had heard about Jesus and came up behind him in the crowd and touched his cloak. For she said, If I but touch his clothes... I will be made well. Immediately her hemorrhage stopped and she felt in her body that she was healed of her disease. Immediately aware that the power had gone forth from him, Jesus turned about in the crowd and said, Who touched my clothes? And his disciples said to him, You see the crowd pressing in on you. How can you say, Who touched me? He looked all around to see who had done it. But the woman, knowing what had happened to her, came in fear and trembling, fell down before him, and told him the whole truth. He said to her, Daughter, your faith has made you well. Go in peace and be healed of your disease. While he was still speaking, some people came from the leader's house to say, Your daughter is dead. Why trouble the teacher any further? But overhearing what they said, Jesus said to the leader of the synagogue, Do not fear, only believe. He allowed no one to follow him except Peter, James, and John, the brother of James. When they came to the house of the leader of the synagogue, he saw a commotion, people weeping and wailing loudly. When he had entered, he said to them, Why do you make a commotion and weep? The child is not dead but sleeping. And they laughed at him. Then, they, then he put them all outside and took the child's father and mother and those who were with him and went in where the child was. He took her by the hand and said to her, Talitha kum, which means, little girl, get up. And immediately the girl got up and began to walk about. She was 12 years of age. At this they were overcome with amazement. He strictly ordered them that no one should know this and told them to give her something to eat. The Gospel of the Lord. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. 
It's that time of year again when we celebrate as our country our independence. Many of us have uh, the 4th of July off um, from work, a chance to, to gather with friends or family to cook out or watch fireworks at the Vulcan or go canoeing or, or um, tubing down a river. Um, years past, I've celebrated with parades and sparklers and trips out of town. In churches across the country, it's often the norm to sing patriotic hymns. And it's a tradition, it's been a tradition here. Um, often, in um, our hymnal 1982 has several of those hymns in the back. And, and I hope that I don't take this holiday for granted. I love our country and I have a deep respect for those who ensure that we live with the ability to, to gather here, to worship, to speak our minds and be ourselves, to love and to also be able to criticize. It's a beautiful gift. My parents, both of my parents and, and both of my grand, uh, grandfathers served in the military. My father-in-law served and my brother-in-law served in Iraq. And I will likely have an American flag proudly displayed on the 4th of July, this Wednesday. But if I'm honest, I need to share that I had a little gut reaction this week as I was preparing to, to re-enter life with you all. And, uh, this past week, I was sitting in my parents' kitchen, and the one thing I did not take care of, at least there's probably other things I didn't take care of before vacation, um, but I hadn't put together the five o'clock bulletin, so I was inserting the music into the bulletin for five o'clock tonight, and just like we'll sing at the 10.15 today, we'll sing at the end of our service, at the conclusion of the five o'clock service, we'll sing the America, we'll sing America the Beautiful. And I had this little feeling inside that I know that our country is so beautiful in so many ways, but I don't feel like it right now. And I felt this kind of reaction that said, I really do not want to sing this song, especially not as a part of a Christian liturgy. And it's weird because our economy is thriving and unemployment is near record lows and even the Episcopal Church is buzzing. People are, are printing cardboard cutouts of our presiding bishop um, and placing them everywhere. It's wild. Um, and yet I feel like this facade has been lifted, exposing a country that is deeply struggling to figure out her identity, that in many ways is struggling more than I have experienced in my life to be decent, to be understanding, and to be compassionate and loving to each other. And I find myself disappointed or embarrassed by our own human capacity that leads us to cruel policies, even if we believe that they're in the best interest of our nation. And while I know that there is still so much beauty in our country, I've been struggling to see it, maybe blinded by our own ugliness, which is why I need to hear the good news that God proclaims each Sunday, and especially today. I mean, what a gospel message. First, Jarius is separated from his daughter, fearing that he'll never see his daughter again as she's on her deathbed. Our lectionary couldn't be timelier as our nation wrestles with images of parents 
torn away from children. The leaders who are at the home of Jairus don't believe that anything can be done. They even ask Jairus to leave the teacher alone. But Jesus has raised the girl from the dead, reunited to spend her life with her mother and father. So much hope in the story. However, it's the story that sandwiches that story in the middle of that I find most interesting this morning. There is a woman who is suffering. She's been suffering for a long time. The the lectionary tells us 12 years, which is as long as Jairus has known his daughter. And yet, she knows that God can make her well. So she struggles through the crowd, breaking barriers and customs, because she believes that her life can be more. She believes in being made whole. It is as if she sees the world that she desires, And because she has this vision for what it can be, she works to make that happen. Of course, we know theologically that that healing is God's, but it is she who struggles in the crowd to find Jesus. And when he turns around knowing that something has changed, she's scared. She's broken boundaries and norms to touch the hem of the garment of our Christ. She has rocked the boat. And she is pretty shaken up about what is to take place. And his words for you are simple. Your faith has made you well. She believed in the life that God had promised her and wills it into action. Twelve years of pain and suffering, and yet her vision for her life meant that God was still up to redemption reconciliation, and working to restore her to wholeness. Her faith, her vision for her life, led to the realization of wholeness for her. This is good news indeed. So the other night, as I'm in my parents' kitchen, we put the actual music, because we don't have the hymnal 1982 at the the 5 p.m. service, and I'm sitting there like I don't want to do this, and I find myself that reaction, I start singing America the Beautiful. And I'm struck by the words of the third stanza that we'll hear in a moment. Our beautiful for patriot dream that sees beyond the years, thine alabaster cities gleam undimmed by human tears. America, America, God shed his grace on thee and crown thy good with brotherhood from sea to shining sea. And it dawns on me that at the turn of the 20th century, when this hymn was written, our country was beautiful, and yet filled with some of the same ugliness that erodes our moral confidence. But the lyrics are not just about the condition of where the country was. It is a vision for the future. It is a vision for what God can make possible. It is a dream of what we can be since God has shed his grace not just on us but on all of humankind. If you have been feeling heartbroken or disappointed or angry or frustrated or even exhausted 
by the current cycle of news and the stories of families broken apart at our border or violence and struggle in our cities, the plight of the poor in our country, or those whose rights have been infringed or taken away. You're not alone. But there is a response that we can learn from the woman in the crowd. We can dream, we can have faith, and we can work to see that dream in action. Today we will sing America the Beautiful. Not because it's perfect. Not because we are without sin or even remotely satisfied with where we are. Because we dream that we can be better. Our life as Christians can be to dream of what God has in store for the kingdom here on earth. And like the woman in the crowd, we can have faith that God is pushing us to be better pushing boundaries, and continuing to be hopeful. We are hopeful because what God has promised is that God is making all things under heaven and earth new and that our faith will make God's will be done. So let us dream and let us work to see that dream that God has placed in us come true. Amen.